Well, good morning. It's so good to see you guys. Happy New Year. You excited? It's a, finally, it's a new year. You excited about the Any year past 2020 is a great year, right? Like, it is a new year. In fact, I mean, you should pat yourself on the, on the back. You have perfect attendance at church this year already. Is that not amazing? Come on now. That's amazing. Like, perfect attendance. And uh, anyway, we're just so glad you're here. Hope you had a great break, and uh, God has done some amazing things. We want to welcome everyone watching online. Also, for our Grayson campus as well. We love you guys there. And Carter. County and uh, just excited to see what God is doing uh, in and through this region and through this region and through the generosity of Bear Life Church. We were able to impact hundreds and thousands of people because of our generosity at our year-end offering. And so this year, our year-end offering was right at almost $100,000. Is that not awesome? Come on, man. That is awesome. And we were able to bless people and help organizations. We were remodeling for our Ashland campus as well with part of that funds uh, to go because we have a facility there already. And so I'm telling you what, it's been a, and a way to end an awesome year, but we're gonna carry that momentum into this year. I'm super excited about it. But before we get into the series, we're gonna kick off next week. Today, I just have something to start the year off. That's some questions that I have for you that if this is the year gonna be your best year ever, if this is year you're gonna make a difference and an impact, there's some questions I want you to ask ask yourself. Now, we all have our New Year's resolutions, right? We're all going to, you know, get healthier, and we're going to get better at this, and we're going to work on time management, we're going to spend more time with family. We've already got those lists, right? But there's some questions I want you just to unpack before we jump into those resolutions, because if you don't ground yourself in who you are and why you want what you want or do what you do, then, then what, are you, what are you grasping for? I sit down with my family at the table, and, and, uh, and it's hard to get everybody to sit down and just not goof off for a moment at my family uh, at our table. And so we sit down and like, okay, dad, what's the goals for the year? You know, and we talk about goals. And, and then I, and I said, well, why do you want what you want? You know, why do you want to be able to bench this son? Why do you want to be able to make this son? Why, you, why, what's the motive? And until you get to the motive, until you get to the heart issue, one, you won't do it or you'll give up because you don't have a strong enough why that you're wanting to do. And so we went through some goal settings to talk about that stuff. And of course, we didn't get far into it so we all sort of crack it up and going around. But anyway, before we jump into all that, there's some questions I want for you. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, very famous chapter in the Bible. This is the hall of fame of faith. This is where it got all the great godly men and women that God used greatly in the Bible. And it has their names listed there. And they're like, man, if you could just make it to Hebrew 11. But just for a side note, if you read Hebrews 11, you get to the end of it. There's people whose names are not even mentioned that we don't even know who they are that God used greatly. And God said they still have the same great reward as Moses and Elijah and Noah and all these great men and women of God. And so as we jump into Hebrews chapter 11, I wanna start out with this passage talking about Moses. And, and Moses, I know a lot of you, we've talked about Moses a lot of times, but he's the author of the first five books of the Bible. We believe that God inspired him to write the first five books of the Bible. He's the one that brought the Ten Commandments down off the Mount Sinai. So we, you know, we know about Moses. You probably have heard about a guy named Moses before, but there's, there's something I want you to really grasp in this short little uh, verses that we have here in Hebrews chapter 11. They're going through all the great men and women of God, and then we get to Moses, and we pick up at verse 23. And I want you to see what the scriptures say right here in verse 23. It says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were, uh, they were afraid of the king's edict. They were not afraid of the king's edict. I'll get to that just in a moment. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
And he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sacred Christ as a greater value than treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And by faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. If you're taking notes, here's the first question I want you to dive into this year before you jump into all your resolutions, before you start thinking about what your plans, and you've probably already done that, but I wanna add this to it, is there's a question I want you to ask. Will I discover, will this be the year that I will discover what my purpose is and who I am? Like, will this be the year that I will discover what my purpose is? You know, sadly, most people go to their grave and they have no idea what God put them on this playground we call planet Earth. Most people have no idea what your purpose is. Your purpose is bigger than probably what you think. It's bigger than your paycheck. It's bigger than your career. That may be part of what God's doing, but that's bigger than that. Like, ever sit around and thought and ask yourself the question, why am I in this city? Why did God put me in this family? Why did God allow me to be born in the generation I was born? Why did God move me to this job? Why am I at this workplace? It's not just the paycheck. It's greater than that. And so have you really, and could this be the year that you really fully discover what your purpose is and who you are in Christ? Like, who are, you, who are you really? And over the last two years, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of things that's happened in our world made you start questioning, you know, what, what in the world's going on in my life? Who am I? You know, is this the path of God? What are you doing? What are you up to? We've had those comments. We've actually talked to God about those. But the question I wanna ask is, do you know what your purpose is? And do you know who you are? See, most people don't understand this, but Moses had an identity crisis. Moses came to a point, he had to realize, who am I gonna be? What decision, what's gonna be my purpose in life? Now, if you know the story, Pharaoh gave this crazy edict that the Israelites were growing in population very faster than the Egyptians, so for every male that was born, they throw him into the Nile River. Moses' parents, when he was born, went against the king's edict and hid him for three months, found Pharaoh's daughter in the Nile River bathing, floated baby Moses over to her. She picks the baby up, and she raises the baby in the palace as Pharaoh's adopted grandson, most people don't even think about that, this is Pharaoh's now adopted grandson who's a Jew, who's an Israelite, who he has put in bondage, and who he said to destroy and kill, now allowing his daughter to raise up this Hebrew boy inside of Pharaoh's palace. So now Moses has grown up with the greatest education, the greatest wealth, the greatest things that you could ever ask for in your life. He was treated equally just like all the other Egyptians. Why? Because he's Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, Pharaoh's adopted son. And so now he's got, anywhere he goes, he goes, you know who my grandpa is? Pharaoh, the king. Like, he's, his prestige is unbelievable. His, his intellect and how he was raised, it was off the charts. And now the Bible tells us he comes to a point here, he has to make a decision in his life. Am I gonna be known as Pharaoh's adopted grandson? Or am I gonna be known as an, as an Israelite? Am I gonna be someone who is served or am I gonna become a servant and be a slave? He had this dichotomy and he had to fight, what am I gonna be? What am I gonna choose? Am I gonna to choose to be royal or am I gonna to choose to be in slavery? Because if I stay here in Pharaoh's grandson, I'm gonna have all the fame, I'm gonna have all the fortune, have all the luxury, maybe, probably, maybe there could be a chance I may even be heir to the throne if something happens to the bloodline. I could do this, I could have everything that's in the Pharaoh's household, or I can remain a Jew. That means I will become a slave, I will be rejected, I will be despised, I will be thrown out, I will be humiliated for the rest of my life. He has an identity crisis, who am I gonna be? 
What's my purpose? God, why did you allow me to be born into this family? God, why did you allow me to be born into the generation where Pharaoh gives a law to drown every single baby that is born that's a male in the Nile River? See, see, he didn't get to pick that. He didn't get to choose that. And the same is true for you. You didn't get to choose the generation, the family, the place, and all this. God purposely, in fact, I believe that God is so sovereign in control that you're not even here by accident. You're not even here this morning by accident. You're not even here in this city or whatever city you're watching by accident. God has a unique purpose. And have you ever thought, what is it? It has to be bigger than a paycheck. If you're here in college, it's bigger than just the education. Like, what is it? It's bigger just because when my grandpa lives up the hall over here and my mom lives over here and I was raised on this farm, so I stayed here at this farm and that's why I'm here. It's bigger than that. God may have used that, but that's not the reason why you're here. Have you ever truly discovered what your purpose is in life? And I'm gonna tell you, when you discover what your purpose is in life, the clarity of the goals that you set, what you wanna achieve in your life would be unbelievable. And so all of us looking for clarity, but before we have all these resolutions of why we wanna do what we do, why don't we figure out who are we? God, why have you, how have you wired me? How have you used me? And what do you want to do in my life? In verse 24, it says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Don't miss that. He refused. He made a decision. I have an identity crisis and I'm going to choose to be who God called me to be, to be with the people of God, to be the Israelite, which means you're going to be in bondage most likely for the rest of your life. He chose and he refused not to be the Pharaoh's daughter son of the Pharaoh's daughter anymore. And I'm gonna tell you the first secret of success. We all wanna be successful. I wanna be successful in my life. I wanna be successful as a husband, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a dad. I go on and on and on. I wanna be successful. The first step of being successful is to discover what is your purpose and who you are. And if you can get that, if you can start that, if you can nail down that, man, I'm telling you what, the sky's the limit because you would have clarity on the doors that God have opened for you and what you need to walk through. So here's my encouragement. Quit trying to be somebody you're not. Quit setting goals because somebody else says because you saw it on Pinterest and that's what they do, so I should do that and that person's doing that, so I should be that and I wanna look like her and I wanna be like Kim. I wanna have what they have, so these are my goals and they're all superficial. Once you set a goal, God, who am I? What is my purpose? How do you wanna use me this year in my workplace, in the school, in, on the, in the basketball court, in the law? Like, how do you wanna use me? What is the purpose you have? Quit trying to be somebody you're not. God's not gonna anoint your avatar. He wants to anoint you. Be you, who God's called you to be. And when you until you discover what your purpose is, you're not. You're gonna be who everybody wants you to be. And you're gonna be conformed into what the world will may want you to be. So let's find and discover what's our purpose and God, why have you put me here? Here's the second question you need to ask yourself. Will I take responsibility for my life or will I keep making excuses? Will I take responsibility for my life or will I just continue to make excuses? That's the question that you're gonna have to ask yourself because we live in a society where everybody's a victim. All of us have had things that happen to us directly and indirect that has affected your life in some form or fashion. A place, a step, someone's done something to you. You were part of some group that something did. Maybe it wasn't directly, but indirectly. We all have reasons to sit here and make excuses of why we can't. I never had a coach that believed in me. If my parents didn't get divorced, if my wife wouldn't have walked out on me and left me, if I didn't have to file bankruptcy, if my boss would just see in me what I'm really capable of doing. We all have this victim mindset that we blame everybody else for our shortcomings or not hitting our goals or our targets. But what if we would take responsibility for our life and take that and start blaming everybody else? 
Now, I'm not making light of what happened to you. What happened to you is real. And some of us, we cannot control the circumstances that happened to us, but we can control how we respond to them. That is your choice. That is my choice. I did not choose that, but I can choose how I respond back to that. And so this is a year, listen, quit being having a victim mentality. We, we're gonna take responsibility for our life and we're gonna stop making excuses. I love that in verse 25, it said he chose to be mistreated. Did you see that? He chose it. He chose to be mistreated. And sharing this oppression along with the people, he chose this. But God rather enjoyed the pleasures of sin for a short time. He chose this. Listen to me, if you wanna make a difference in your life, it's your choice. If you wanna get healthier this year, listen, it's your choice. Quit blaming the Oreos, I'm preaching to myself. Come on now, I'm preaching to myself, right? I, I know in three weeks you're gonna say, kale tastes nasty. Kale never tasted good at all, ever. What do you mean three weeks from now? It ain't, it ain't good now, right? Like all that stuff you're like, like it's your choice. Most people are like, ah, in three weeks they quit their resolutions, or I'm gonna be better this, 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 and this. Listen, it is your choice. Are you gonna make the choice? Are you gonna take responsibility for your life? Some of your goals might be, I wanna be closer to God this year. You're as close to God as you wanna be. You are as close to God as you want to be. You can read your Bible as much as you choose to read your Bible. Some of you say, well, I just can't hear God speak to me. Then read your Bible out loud because he wrote it and you'll hear him speak to you. Get in the word. Like you're, you're, you're you, so we blame everybody. Well, the church, well, the preacher, the, you know, I, you won't believe when people say, well, you know, I just need to go deep. I hear this all the time. I just want to go deeper. I'm like, oh, we, what do you mean by that? What, what do you mean? I, I just want to, I just want to, you know, that person don't fed me. Well, grow up and start feeding yourself. That's the part of maturing. That's the part of growing up. We want to blame We want to blame the church, blame the Sunday school teacher, blame the person around. Well, if they would just, if the preacher would just, listen, grow up. Don't, if you only expect to come in here once a week and me spoon feed you what I've studied and regurgitated back to you, you wonder why you're weak. Get in God's word and eat it yourself. May it be sweet as honey to your lip. Don't just depend on me to feed you. That's part of growing up and being mature in Christ. People say, I wanna go deep. You wanna go deep? Love your wife, sir, the way Christ loved the church. That's deep. Really, when people say, I wanna go deep, what they say is, teach me something I don't know that I'm never gonna apply to my life. You wanna go deep? Are you tithing? No. You wanna go deep? You're not even doing the basics. You see what I'm saying? And we make all these excuses and blame everybody else. Well, I just want to have time. And if I didn't have all this, take responsibility for your own personal growth. Quit outsourcing that. You cannot outsource spiritual growth to anybody else. And when the moment you do, you realize, well, that's why I'm not growing. We want to blame everybody else. Take responsibility. Moses took responsibility to be mistreated. He chose it. And by faith, the Bible says in verse 24, when he had grown up, you see, that's part of maturing, right? Grow up. When we grow up, that's where maturity begins. That maturity begins when you begin to accept responsibility for your life. So listen to me. This is the year we're gonna grow up. We're not gonna blame our ex-spouse. We're not gonna blame our ex-boss. We're not gonna blame our ex-business partner. We're not gonna blame the coach. We're not gonna blame the teacher. We're not gonna blame the kid. We're not, listen, we all have reasons to blame everything around us. And maybe what happened to them, and I'm not making a lot of it, it's true and it hurts and it impacted you, but I'm gonna choose how I respond. And this is you, I'm gonna take responsibility for my life, I'm gonna mature in Christ, and I'm not gonna outsource it to anybody else. No one can ruin my life but me. 
And that's how I choose to respond to whatever incidents happened in my life. I get to choose how I respond back to it. So this is not gonna be the blame year anymore. Well, if, if the virus doesn't happen, if it, if, if it didn't just come, we can blame everything we want, take responsibility, and I'm gonna choose how I respond to life every day as it comes for me. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you will grow and mature in your walk with the Lord because you can't live off other spirituals' commitment. Grow in Him, it is your choice. I'm gonna choose to take responsibility and not make excuses. Here's the third question you need to ask yourself this year, and that's this, what will I live for? What are you gonna live for this year? Like, what are you gonna live for? Like, when you sit down and wrote some of your goals, even if you did, maybe you did, and I encourage you to do that, at least have something to shoot at. If you're shooting at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So what are you gonna shoot at this year? What are you gonna shoot for? Like, you wanna be a better husband than you were a year ago? What are you gonna do about that, sir? You wanna be stronger in your faith? What are you gonna do about that, ma'am? You wanna work in parenting? How, what, what's your plan? Like, I wanna go on a trip. Are you saving up? You better get on a budget, because I'm telling you what, Christmas bills are coming in this month. Y'all know what I'm saying? They're coming. Visa, Master, and Discover, gonna put them right in your mailbox for you, and then you're gonna, wow, what a Christmas. Yep, you're gonna be paying for it for six months. It's coming. Are you on a budget? You, are you winning with your money? Like, you make all these plans, but what are you doing about it? Like, what am I gonna live for this year? What's gonna be the thing that's gonna drive you? Will it be your career, trying to make it to the top? I'm all about being ambitious. I'm all about trying to be the very best you you can be. Just try to quit trying to be somebody else. Be you, who God made you. What are you gonna shoot for? What goals is there? Is it to try to fit in? Is it to you know, make the relationship? Like, what is it? What are you gonna be living for? Because if you don't nail it down, I promise you, the world will try to conform you to their belief system. And they're gonna try to conform you to live for the world. And speaking of the world's value system, it really can be nailed down into the, really the three greatest temptations. In fact, every temptation you'll ever face is faced in one of these three categories. Power and prestige. I wanna be known, I wanna be popular, I wanna be famous. Pleasure, I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it, now. And we could go with possessions. I gotta have it, I need it, I can't, I, can't, I can't go without it, I want stuff, I want things. And I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with power unless you abuse it. There's nothing wrong with pleasure, God has given us pleasures to have unless you abuse it. And there's nothing wrong with possessions unless they possess you. But if that is what you're living for, that's the world system. That's the value of the world. And every temptation you ever fall into your entire life can be found in those three things. Power, pleasure, and possessions. And you know what the crazy thing is? Moses had it all, and he walked away from every bit of it to be mistreated, to be who God called him to be. Moses walked away what most of us shoot for our entire life to accomplish. And he left it. Why? Because he knew who he was. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we know when Moses comes back to get the Israelites to take them out, if you ever read the story, that the Egyptians turned all their gold and all their silver over to the Israelites. They instantly became multi-millionaires in a moment. Where do you think they got the gold to make the gold as the calf from? The Egyptians gave them up, so they took the wealth of Egypt with them. God allowed them to be. There's nothing wrong with possessions. It's when they possess you. It becomes a problem. And is that what you're gonna shoot for this year? Is that the goal? That's a shallow goal. That's a world goal. But I'm telling you, if you become who God wants you to be, that stuff comes. If you'll first seek his kingdom, he'll take care of your kingdom. We have this backwards. And Moses, the crazy thing is, had every bit of it and he walked away from all of it. So here's my, here's my question. What, motiv what motivated Moses to do that? Like what motivated Moses to be able to live that way? 
to walk away from this. In verse 26, it says, he regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than all the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking, he had perspective. Why? Because what you value will be determined by your vision. And what your vision is set on, that's what you're gonna value the most, what you look at. So it leads me to my last question I have that I want you to answer as you go into this new year. And that is, what will I keep my eyes on? What will my eyes be focused on this year? What are you gonna be staring at? What goal, what number? And then really why, what's the why behind it? Until you unpack it and get to the why behind, why you want what you want, to become what you wanna become, be who you wanna be. Until you get that why, your motives will not be pure. Or what you may discover is your motives are impure because you want that. And then you ask God to refine that so you would have a pure heart and a pure motive. So your eyes and what you focus on will be honorable and will be true. He was a man of faith and he had his eyes on Jesus. In fact, he says he left Egypt, he persevered because he saw him he saw him who was invisible. He had his eyes on Jesus. He had his eyes on the things above. And folks, listen, this is the year I want you to keep your eyes on Jesus. What are you looking at? What promotion? What accolade? Nothing wrong with us. Work your tail off. Be the best you could be at boss. The best you could be employee. The best you could be student. The best you could be athlete. Nothing wrong, but the motive and it's the heart, we get that right. And most likely what you're trying to achieve, you'll get there. But it will mean different because it won't be from the world value system. It's because God wants to use whatever he gave you or whatever you accomplished in your life for his glory. So what are you gonna keep your eyes on this year? You see, Moses refused to give up. And Moses, man, he had some battles. Had some battles. I mean, God had to bring 10 plagues to finally break Pharaoh's heart. Stuck at the Red Sea, couldn't cross it. I mean, you figure the impossible things. No water in the desert, no food in the desert. But he knew his purpose. And he knew who God called him to be. Critics, oh my gosh. Haters, shoot. They kept saying, I wish we could go back to Egypt. We should have just died in Egypt. We had it better off in Egypt. We were slaves, but we were better in Egypt. We were better people in bondage. Hey, I vote we get a new leader. We need a new pastor. We need somebody to lead us. This guy don't know what he's doing. Imagine hearing that as you just took two million people out of slavery, and now they wanna go back to bondage. Let this be the year you don't go back to bondage. What people think about you, your addiction, what you're shooting for, the world system. Don't go back to bondage. God has something greater for you and better for you. And if we'll focus on him and keep our eyes on him and get to the true meaning of why we want, find out who we are and discover our purpose. That's why Moses was immovable because he knew his purpose. And the same God that inspired Moses to write the first five books of the Bible, the same God that revealed to Moses his purpose and his plan in his life. It's the same God who is here this morning, who is in you, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, to guide you through your wilderness, through the Red Sea, through tough times, through good times, when you lack, when you need, he's there. So don't miss him this year. 
Don't let, just because the clock started, you flip the calendar over, thinks it's not all gonna go away just because you flip the calendar over. But it's a chance for you now to go, you know what, let's discover really who I am and why I want what I want. And now let's see, God, how can you use me greatly? And may this be the year that I discover who I am and you use me like you've never used me before to impact my family, my coworkers, the people around me, this region, the world, not in a negative way, but in a holy way, that only God, you will get the glory for it and you will get the credit. So do you wanna make this year count? You know what the crazy thing is? It's your choice. Let's take responsibility and let's choose that no matter what happens, that this is gonna be the best year for how we respond to it. I'm gonna ask you would just to bow your heads. I pray this morning that the Lord has used his word to challenge your heart, to impact you, to inspire you. But also pray that the Lord has used his word to open your heart to see that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and he has a unique purpose for you and you're not here by mistake. He wants to use you greatly. And the first step in that, and maybe you're here watching online or at our Grace and Campus, is that you've never given your life to Jesus. You wanna start the new year off right, so you attend church, and that's awesome. We're glad you're here, man. We think there's no better place to be and then worshiping in church, kicking off the new year. But maybe you never surrendered your life to him, the one who created you. That would be your first step. And the Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that same God that we just talked about that led Moses is the same one that's drawn you today. So I beg you that you would not go a second longer without giving your life to Jesus. That you would give your life to Jesus today. Discover who he is and who he wants you to become. How he's gonna make you more like his son Jesus. And everything that you are searching for, it's found in him. Everything you want is in Jesus. So I pray that you would give your life to him by just calling out to him right where you said. And if you do, listen, we wanna kick this year off right by helping you. We saw hundreds of people give their life to Jesus last year. We saw thousands of people take next steps. And that's the mission of our church is to help you follow Jesus so you can experience a better life. We think following Jesus is serious of taking the next steps. I'm gonna talk more about that in the weeks to come. How can we serve you? We're here to serve you in any way we can. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the story of Moses that you called and used him greatly. And we thank you through his failures and through his successes, God, that we can learn from those and take the moment to discover who we are and our purpose, to take responsibility for our life, to decide what are we gonna choose to live for, but then, Lord, to keep our eyes on you, the author, the perfecter of our faith. So Father, we give you this year. God, this is your church that you're gonna build. We pray that this is the homecoming year. This is the year, God, that you begin to draw men and women to yourself and build your church, Lord, across this planet. We love you, Jesus. Your name we ask and pray.